Good morning. How are we doing today? Uh, thank y'all so much for being here. There's, I feel like there's a lot of people here this morning, so praise God, right? Um, one announcement that I need to let you know about is that in two weeks, on August the 26th, we're having a baptism service out at our uh, church property at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You, you, you don't want to miss this. Um, baptism services are uh, a blast. They're a lot of fun. They're a great time uh, to spend together. And uh, we get to see people get baptized. And that just is always, always awesome. Here at Freedom, one of, like, one of our absolutely most favorite things is baptism. We, we love to do that. Maybe it's number two on the list behind homemade ice cream. But good news, look, we're having homemade ice cream and baptism. So if, uh, if you make some really good peach ice cream or Butterfinger or chocolate or something crazy, I don't know, pistachio, is that weird? Like whatever kind of homemade ice cream, bring it. Sign up in the atrium, you can sign up to bring a churn, but, but, but we're going we're gonna to have a great time celebrating as a church family the fact that, that, that we have brothers and sisters in Christ taking this next step into baptism, and we get to celebrate God's goodness in that He made homemade ice cream taste the way it does. Like, praise God, right? That's, you're good, yeah. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. So, because a baptism service is in two weeks, um, we thought that it'd be good to talk about baptism today. And so, for the next however long, that's what we're going to spend our time talking about. We're just going to uh, discuss what we believe about baptism and really kind of, I guess, why we do it. So, let's pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk more about this. God, I thank you so much. Um, for all the ways that you bless us, for all the ways that you're just so good to us. And God, I ask that today, as we look at your word, as we look at what your word tells us, that we would walk out of here um, just more in love with you. Uh, baptism is such an incredible thing, and, and we get to be a part of it. And God, we thank you for that. Lord, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, and Lord, that we would be Change by what you say to us. In your name I pray. Amen. So uh, let, let's be honest. Baptism, of all the things that we do as Christians, as all, of all the things that we do as a church, baptism is one of the stranger things that we do. It's kind of weird, right? I mean, like, I grew up in church. I grew up going to church all the time, and maybe you did too. So baptism may not seem that strange. Like, you, you, you saw it enough growing up. You, you, you were a part of it, maybe you were baptized, and so it just seems kind of normal to you. But think about what the person who's never been to church must think about baptism. Like it, It's got to be kind of, kind of weird. Like in two weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to get into this glorified bathtub outside of our church offices, all right? It's going to be filled with water, and like two people are going to put on their swim trunks, get in the water, and one guy, he's just a bully because he just keeps dunking people under the water. Like... This may happen in other places of the world, other social settings, I don't know. But to me, like baptism seems like it happens at church and it's normal to us, but to the outsider, that probably looks kind of strange. I mean, they're, they're probably like, the, if, if somebody never been to church, don't know anything about the Bible, don't know anything about Jesus, if they were to come to one of our baptism services, see that, they're probably saying to themselves, you know what, they start passing out this Kool-Aid, I'm out of here, Right? Oh, look, we have peach ice cream, we have Butterfinger ice cream, we have arsenic? What? I don't want any of that, <laughs> right? Like, out in California, the suicide cults, they pass out Kool-Aid. Here in the South, homemade ice cream, right? So, 
I'm just kidding. Don't, don't, don't think I'm serious about that. But I mean, seriously, like, it's kind of strange. We dunk somebody under the water. I, I think that to the outsider looking in, that, that would be kind of different. But, but still, we, 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 we baptize. I mean, not only do, 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 does it look weird to the outsider, but like Christians can't even really agree on how to baptize. The Catholics are going to baptize one way. The Methodists are going to baptize another way. The Presbyterians are one way. And, and us, uh, us Baptists, right? We, we don't do it like we just dunk them all the way under, right? No sprinkling, no pouring. We drown them, right? So this morning what I want to start by talking about is, is just some basics on what we believe as Baptists. Because this is Freedom Fellowship, and it may not be Freedom Fellowship Baptist Church, but newsflash, we're pretty Baptist in here. So I, I just want to go through some three things of what we believe, some basics of what we believe about um, baptism. Number one, we baptize by immersion. All right? And immersion isn't really a churchy word, but it kind of, like, that's the only place I ever hear it. So let me just break that down for you. What that means is that we dunk people all the way under the water. We don't sprinkle water on somebody. We don't pour water on somebody. We dunk them completely under the water. And we do that for a couple reasons. Uh, first off, the Greek word that's used for baptize in the, in, in the Bible, is, uh, it, it means to literally to immerse. It means to dunk completely under the water. It doesn't mean to sprinkle. It doesn't mean to pour. It means to dunk completely under the water. And so we, we baptize by immersion. Secondly, in, in the Bible, there's, um, in the New Testament, there, there's, there's two stories that are fairly detailed whenever it comes to baptism. The story of Jesus' baptism in Matthew chapter 3, it talks about how he goes down into the water and he comes up out of the water. In Acts chapter 8, it's the story of how Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch and how uh, Philip shared the gospel with him and then he was baptized and how he went down into the water and then came up out of the water. To me, and to us as a, as, as, as a church uh, or Baptist in general, like that reads as dunking and bringing up out. It doesn't read as sprinkling or pouring water we believe in we we number one we baptize people by immersion all right number two we baptize believers all right by believers what i'm what i mean here is people who have who've given their life to christ who have prayed asked jesus to forgive them of their sins have committed their lives to Him. They, they, they've given their lives to Christ. They've been saved. They've been converted, I guess. Believers. More than just somebody who says, yeah, I believe in God, or I believe in Jesus, but somebody who lives that. So we baptize believers. See, if you look back at the story of the Ethiopian eunuch, um, in, in Acts chapter 8, and I would encourage you to go back and, and read that tonight, or read that sometime, uh, Philip didn't go and, and, and say, all right, hey, listen, here's what you do, what you have to do to be saved. Let me baptize you, and then let me tell you the gospel. It's the other way around. He shared the gospel with him. The, the Ethiopian believed, and then he was baptized. That, that's the model throughout the Bible. That's what happens throughout the New Testament. People believed, and then they were baptized. It doesn't happen the other way around. People believed, and then they were baptized. They believed, and then they were baptized. That's why here at Freedom... We don't baptize infants. We don't baptize people who are new to our church. 
We don't baptize people who, uh, like, like say that there was somebody here who had a drug addiction and they came to church and they heard, yeah, yeah, uh, you should quit that. And they're like, yeah, I should probably quit doing drugs. We wouldn't baptize that person. We would share the gospel with them. And whenever they came to faith in Christ, whenever they were converted, then we would baptize them. We baptize believers. All right? So we baptize by immersion. We baptize believers. And thirdly, we baptize with water. We, that, that's not spiritual. I mean, I'm serious. We, we just use water. It's straight out the spigot. All right? Whenever we fill up the big old baptistry, in a couple of weeks, we'll have to do it a couple of days because it takes a long time. We have very poor water pressure at the office. And so what we're going to do is we'll have to hook up a hose pipe out there to that spigot and run it around the building, and we're going to fill it up, fill up our baptistry. I mean, it's just plain old water. Nothing special about our water. Nothing holy about our water. We don't pray over it and bless it. Maybe we should. I don't know. But we don't. I mean, it's just plain old tap water. That water does not wash you of your sins. You do not go into that water a sinner and come out clean oh, you're bad you're, you're you're cleaned by the blood of jesus like your sins are forgiven when jesus forgives you of your sins not whenever you go underwater all right so we we baptize um by immersion we baptize believers and we baptize with water that, that's just some some basics of what we believe about baptism as, as baptists that's what we hold to as a church that's what we believe but I guess that, that doesn't answer the question of, of why we baptize. Like, what's the big deal? Why, 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 do we, why do we baptize? So I got three things for you. And if you're keeping score, that's, that's point, three points in the beginning. I have three points at the end. I've arrived as a Baptist preacher. <laughs> right. <laughs> why do we baptize? I got three things for you here. Number one, baptism was commanded by Christ. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, verse 19 and 20, we know it as the Great Commission, but in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse 19, Jesus is standing there with His disciples and He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus commands it. He says, Go, make disciples, and baptize. Like, that's a command. To you, to me, to us. See, this also points back to what I said about how we baptize believers. Jesus didn't say, go baptize, make disciples. The order is, is, is true here. He says, as you go out, you make disciples. As you're making disciples, as they, become, as they start coming to Christ, as they start becoming uh, believers, then you baptize them. It, it's once again this idea of, of believe and then baptize. But Jesus commands it to us. He says, go make disciples and baptize them. Another verse, John chapter 14, uh, verse 15 says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus commanded us in Matthew 28 to baptize people. And so if, if we love him, if you love him, if, 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 then, then we'll, we'll baptize, Right? Like, I mean, sometimes I think, I think that, that, that God is so big and He's abstract sometimes and He's just... I was reading a book and it talks about the otherness of God and that just kind of sounds... blows my mind to think about. But, like, how do we show God that we love Him? 
Like, I understand that, that, that Jesus isn't here with us. He's reigning on His throne in heaven. And the Holy Spirit, he, he lives inside of us. And God, He's probably closer than my hand is to my face right now. He's probably closer to me than my hand right now. Like, God is, is right here all around us. But how do we show Him that we love Him? I mean, can we just, like, give Him a hug? I mean, I guess I'm giving Him a hug right now because He's right there. <laughs> we, we keep His commandments. Doing what He says. Whenever we do what God says, we are saying, hey God, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And so when we baptize, that's what we're saying to Christ. That's what we're saying to God. God, I I, I love you. God, we love you as a church. That's why um, we're we're, we're baptizing. And, And honestly, that should be enough for us. Am I right? Jesus said it, that should be enough. We should be like, oh, okay, Jesus said baptize, so let's baptize people, all right. But I got two more points, all right. Uh, n- number one, we, we, we baptize, uh, or baptism uh, was commanded by Christ. Number two, baptism was modeled by Christ. Um, in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, I'm going I'm to read this to you. Uh, this is the story of the baptism of Jesus. Uh, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan, to John to be baptized by him. John would, pre- would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. But Jesus answered him, let it, be so, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. See, that's the going down into it. And he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus commanded us to baptize. And like, like I said, that should be enough for us. But not only did Jesus command it, he modeled it. Jesus went out into a river with people watching and was baptized. Like if you call yourself a Christian, which by the way means little Christ, you should probably do things like Christ did. If you call yourself a Christ follower or a follower of Jesus, then you should probably follow Jesus into baptism. Let me just be honest for just a moment. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot straight with you because um, cause I, I don't want to sound arrogant and I don't want to sound like I'm condescending or anything like this, but um, if you're a Christian and you refuse baptism, then, then you disregard what we teach as, as pastors of this church. If, if you're a Christian and you refuse to be baptized, then, then what you're saying is, you, you could stand there and say, you know what, I love this church, I love freedom, I believe in what they're doing, I'm all in. But if you refuse to be baptized, <laughs> no you don't. You sit there and you listen to what we teach and you reject it. And that's fine for you to reject what I teach or to dis- disregard what Donnie or Cliff says, but we're giving you the Bible. We, you aren't disobeying us, you're disobeying God. You're not, dis- you're not rejecting me, you're rejecting Jesus. Jesus commanded it. Jesus modeled it. 
Keith Darnell spoke last week, and uh, his story, he's, he's a pastor down in, in, in Myrtle Beach Church that, that, that we support. And his story was, was, was kind of like this. He, he, he was baptized as a, as a young child, but it wasn't until he was actually out of high school that he, that he got saved. And, and through something that his mother said, he, he, he thought to himself, you know what, I don't need to be baptized again. And it wasn't until he was a pastor of a church. It wasn't until he was, he, he, he was a pastor of a church that, that he truly realized that he, to, to, to be a true follower of Christ, to follow Christ in everything, would mean that he needed to follow Christ in baptism. So it wasn't until, he was a pastor getting baptized. My story is that I was baptized also as a young kid, but it wasn't until I was 18 that I gave my life to Christ. I told my pastor what happened, and he said, well, you need to be baptized again. And I, I said, okay. I, we baptize believers. For us to baptize anybody, whether it's a, a seven-year-old kid who's just coming up to, because they want to get baptized, or somebody who's 30 and they're, they, they're, they're, they're faking it, whatever. We, we, we want to baptize believers, so whether... You, your story is like mine, who you were baptized young and didn't really understand it. Or maybe, maybe you just have always thought baptism silly. Look, we, we need, Jesus modeled it. He, he commanded it. And like Donnie says all the time, I'm stealing your line. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. I mean, we aren't looking to, to boost our numbers so that we can report to the Southern Baptist Convention, hey, we baptized 35 people last week, praise God. Now look, if we baptized 35 people, we'd probably call them and we'd say, hey, look, we baptized 35 people last week, praise God, right? We aren't looking so that we can go to a conference or something and brag to all our church friends. Look, we want something for you. We want you to be obedient to what Christ has commanded and what Christ has modeled. When you, when, you, when you follow Jesus into baptism, what you're doing is you're saying to the world, hey world, I belong to Christ. What you're saying to Jesus is, hey Jesus, I love you enough to follow you into this. This is weird like, we don't do this anywhere else. Why would I do it now? Jesus, I love you. I'm, I, will, I, will, I will be baptized. We, we don't want something for, from you. We want it for you. The baptism, we want you to follow Christ in what he modeled, in what he commanded for the sake of your relationship with Jesus. So baptism was commanded by Christ. Baptism was modeled by Christ. And number three, baptism tells the story of Christ. Baptism is a symbolic event. There, there are lots of symbolic events in the Bible. And for one, in the Old Testament, when, when Abraham and, and God were talking, and God made this covenant with Abraham that, that his people were going to be we're, we're going to outnumber the, the, the sands of the earth and whatnot. God, God made this covenant with Abraham. And God's sign of the covenant was circumcision. It's 
kind of strange to think about, but, but like the sign that you were one of God's chosen people is that the males were circumcised. That, that, was, that was how God showed it. it, it would, circumcision didn't bring about their salvation. Circumcision didn't mean that they were forgiven. Circumcision was a sign of the covenant. It was a symbol pointing back to, to, to this relationship that God had with Abraham. It, it was pointing back to what, to, 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 to what God and Abraham had going on. Baptism is the sign of the new covenant in Jesus. Baptism says, I belong to Christ. Baptism, like, like circumcision didn't save those people. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't wash you of your sins. It doesn't forgive you. But it's a sign that, 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 that you belong to Christ. Like, like wedding rings. I wear a wedding ring because I'm married. been married for almost five years. And it's, I wear this wedding ring. It's a symbol of my marriage. Like me and Laura Beth, five years ago, we could have like, have we, five and a half years ago, I guess, we'd have to go back before the actual wedding. Anyway, so if we were like to go out and just buy a couple rings and be like, hey, here you go. Here I go. We're married, right? It doesn't work. Marriage is not about the rings. I mean, what makes people married? It's the covenant vows that two people make to each other, for each other, before God. It's those vows. That's where marriage comes from. It's not from the ceremony. It's not from the rings. It's not from the dress or the groomsman or the bridesmaid or the bachelor party or the throwing of the bouquet, whatever. All right? Marriage comes from these vows. It's this covenant relationship. The ring is merely a sign of that covenant relationship. It's a sign of marriage. This ring tells the world, I'm taken. I'm married. See, circumcision pointed back to the, 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 the covenant between God and Abraham. My wedding rings point back to my marriage, the covenant between uh, me and Laura Beth. And baptism points back to Jesus. It points to His story. Baptism gains its power and its, its meaning from the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Baptism is the dramatization of that act. Like, we get to play in that role just for a little bit, symbolically. I mean, let's think about what really goes on in, in baptism, all right? So you start, you're in the water, and you lower the person, okay? As you're lowering that person, the symbol, the symbolism in that is that that person is dead, the symbolism is pointing back to Christ, that Christ literally died on a cross. He didn't pass out, he was dead. No breath in him, his heart was not beating. The symbolism is that, that, that Christ was literally dead. And so were we. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says that, that you two were dead in the trespasses and sins. Jesus was dead physically, but we were dead spiritually. And so we lower somebody, this dead person, this dead body, into the water, completely dunking them under the water. Immersion, right? Buried. Romans chapter 6, 
Verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death. Like we're, we're buried with Christ in baptism. That's the, the symbolism of, of us. That's why we, we put them all the way under. Because Jesus died on a cross. He was taken down from the cross. And He was put in a tomb. Sealed off. It's crazy. Like, like that, That's what we... We take the, the person who's dead in their sins and we put them under the water, burying them. Now, to anybody else on earth, that's the end of their story. When, when, when you bury somebody, that, that, that's it. Their, their, their story here on earth is kind of over. But, but we don't end with baptism with just like that because there will be far less of us in this room. It'd be bloop, bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop. Bloop. Right? I mean, sometimes you may want to hold someone under, under the, but it, no matter. All right? See, we, we don't just end with putting them under and then bring, and, and just leaving them there. We, we bring them back up. See, the rest of the verse says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. That's just too good. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 is another verse about this. Having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. Look, we don't just leave them under the water. We bring them back up. Because that's what Christ did. And it's crazy because Jesus called this. He, he knew that He was going to go to the cross. He knew that He was going to die. And He even told His disciples, like, look, they're gonna, people are going to kill me and I'm going to come back in three days. And I didn't get it. This... Baptism is so, it's such a beautiful picture of what Christ did. That He died, literally died, lowered into the water, put into the earth, buried, but then raised again. And that's the story of us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 puts it like this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. This is baptism. If you're in Christ, then you were dead. And so you're being buried. And the old self is gone in the ground. And when you come up, there's something new. A new creation. Romans 6.4 talks about newness of life. Like, baptism paints the picture of, of, of us. It paints the picture of of Jesus dying on the cross, being buried, and then coming back to life. It, it, it tells our story. When we baptize, we tell the gospel. Now, we may have to explain it because to the person outside, they have no idea what's going on. Like, I, I doubt that it would happen like this, but like some, somebody never been to church before, never ever been to church. They walk in, they see a baptism, they oh, okay. That must symbolize the Jesus. I'd like to pray to receive Christ, right? Like it could happen. But when we baptize, we get the opportunity to show the gospel, to teach the gospel. That's what baptism is about. That's why we baptize. This morning, we, we talked about just some basics of what we believe. 
We talk about why it is that we baptize. I mean, simply, Jesus commanded it. He modeled it. And, and we get to share the gospel through it. Baptism is so encouraging. It's such a beautiful event that, that, that too many times we just kind of watch it happen and don't think anything of it. I was in, I was in church my entire life. And, and you know, I, I, so many times I just see it happen and I'm just I'm not caught up in how incredible that story really is. Not only is it incredible that that Jesus died, rose again, but it's incredible that we were dead to begin with, and yet through Christ we can rise again. In this room, there's, there's three types of people. There's the person who is not a believer. Whether that means that they don't believe in Christ at all, they don't believe in God at all, they don't believe, they're, they're just here by chance or somebody brought them or whatever. They, they, they just don't believe. They, they, they think we're crazy. And they're probably right to an extent. You don't believe in, in, in God at all. We would love to have a conversation with you about that. After the service, find me. Cliff, who did the announcements earlier, Donnie, who prayed, or anybody in the band, or if you stick around longer than like 10 minutes, you could probably talk to one of those people who's here. Uh, like, if, find somebody to talk to. We want to have a conversation with you. No pressure. We're not going to force you like we actually could. We're not going to force you to ask Jesus into your heart. We'd really just like to have a conversation with you. Maybe pray for you if you would let us. People who don't believe. Not just, not just the people who, like, I don't believe in God at all. But there, there are probably some people here this morning who, you definitely believe that God is real. And you believe in what we say is from the Bible. You, you believe this book. But you've never taken the step of asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You've never given your life to Christ. And once again, if that's you, we would love to have that conversation. We would love to talk with you. Find somebody to talk to after the service. We want to talk to you. We would love to pray with you. So there's that group of people, the, the non-believers. Secondly, I think that there are believers in here, Christians, that have just not been baptized. I'm not talking about the people who have signed up to be baptized because you're, you're, you're taking the right steps. But there are Christians in here who haven't been baptized and maybe it's because they were baptized when they were little or maybe it's because they just think baptism's silly or maybe I don't know what the devil has really convinced them of. But I, I honestly believe that, that if you're a Christian and you refuse to be baptized then the devil's convinced you of something because you're not following what Christ commanded. You're not following what Christ modeled. You have the opportunity to show the gospel to your friends, to your family, through baptism. You can talk to somebody about that after the service. There's a sign-up sheet on the table where you can sign up to be baptized. There's more information out there that you can grab, you can take home, you can read, you can pray about. But please, like I said, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. We want you to follow Christ in what he commanded and what he modeled for the sake of your own personal relationship with Jesus. 
And thirdly, there are Christians in this room who have been baptized. Praise the Lord. Good job. John 14, 15 says that if we love Him, we're going to obey His commands. And the command that we looked at today specifically was the part about baptizing. But He also said in that exact same verse, go and make disciples. Will you be obedient in that? Will you be obedient to Christ in going and make? Because you've got friends that need to be baptized. Well, they need to hear the gospel first, but they need to be baptized. Will you be obedient to Christ? Will you follow Christ that way? If you would stand with me, I'm going to say a prayer. And then we're going to leave here celebrating the fact that Christ has won the victory. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for how good you are. God, that, that, that you sent your son to this earth. He lived a perfect, blameless life. Willingly went to the cross. Knowing what was before him, he willingly went to the cross and died an excruciating death. But God, he, he died for us. God, He didn't stay dead, and we, we thank You for that. The fact that Jesus came back from the dead. He rose from the grave to give us hope. And Lord, I thank You that that story can be told as we baptize. Lord, I pray for the people in this room, for the non-Christians, the non-believers, those who have not taken that step yet in, following, in, in giving their lives to Christ. Lord, I pray that, that You would speak to them, and Lord, that they would see um, your kindness and your goodness because that your kindness leads us to repentance. God, I, I pray that you would just show them your love. For the Christians who haven't been baptized, Lord, I pray that you would, that you, that you would call them out or that, that you would lead them to take the next step. Maybe, maybe for some it seems like a leap of faith in following you into the waters of baptism so that they can align themselves with you so they can show the world that they belong to you. And God, for the Christians in this room who have been that, Lord, for all of us, I pray that we would not take lightly the Great Commission. That we would live out the go therefore and make disciples. God, go with us. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do. We pray this all in your name. Amen.